Hello and welcome to the Out of Silence podcast. I'm Kate McLaughlin, Professor of English Literature at the University of Oxford, and I'm with my friend Alex Harris, who is Professor of English Literature at the University of Birmingham. Hello again, Alex. Hello, Kate. Thanks for having me back. Today, we are looking at a poem by D.H. Lawrence called Silence, and I'm going to ask you to read it. Thank you. Yeah, certainly. Since I lost you, I am silent, haunted. Sounds wave their little wings a moment, then in weariness settle on the flood that soundless swings. Whether the people in the street like pattering ripples go by, or whether the theatre sighs and sighs with a loud, hoarse sigh, or the wind shakes a ravel of light over the dead black river, or night's last echoing makes the daybreak shiver. I feel the silence waiting to take them all up again in its vast completeness, enfolding the sounds of men. Thank you. I'm just letting the silence greet that. Thank you for reading that. So, Alex, what does that convey to you about silence? This this image, which I've never seen before, of sounds waving their little wings a moment in this futile attempt to m- make some impact on, on life, which is threatening to, to drown them out. It's very affecting, actually. And one one looks around at all those little sounds of life that I'm holding on to at the moment, children on their trampolines, doors opening and closing, a delivery van coming and going, and those feel like the, the little anchors to a communal reality, but they are also sounds with little wings that wearily settle on the floods mm. of this much greater silence and emptiness of, of the world at the moment. So I'm very struck by this poem. Did you choose it, Kate? I chose it because of the sense of loss that it conveys. So it, it seems to me that it's a poem about grief. Since I lost you, I am silence haunted. But to an extent, now in the lockdown, we've all lost people that we can't talk to in the sense of we're isolated, um, we're separate from them. But so although we can talk to them over the internet and we can talk to them on the phone, we're losing the immediacy of, of being in the same room as their voices coming out of their mouths and I think this sense of loss is is a great theme in this lockdown since I lost you I am silence haunted this sense of silence being a ghost that's there a lot of the time whether you're aware of it or not a certain sense of spookiness the supernatural a sense of things not being quite right some people are quite frightened of silence. Most of the time, I very much enjoy silence. But there are moments when it can seem, as Lawrence says, overwhelming, and then it seems to take on quite terrifying properties. And he clearly has, like you, this double sense of silence, having the capacity to be very beautiful and and alluring, Mm. this enfolding capacity of of, of silence. Uh, And some some of his images are of these strands of light, these glitters that are um, very lyric and beautiful, but it's also terrifying. I mean, last last night I just walked up the street under the, the pink moon, the super moon, which in many circumstances would be the augury of, of April, of, of the spring coming. And of course, the street was completely silent. And so there was both that beauty, there was a huge magnolia with its fleshy buds reaching up to the, the full moon, but also the, the normal 
sounds of the world, the people in the streets, the pattering ripples that, that Lawrence talks about, did feel so far away. He's, he makes them sound like, you know, a, a tide on a beach once remembered long ago, just sighing and sighing, doesn't he? Mm. And your reference to the beach, I think, is completely opposite because there's this sense of being drowned in silence, a, a kind of wave of silence, being absolutely overwhelmed by silence. So whether you, whether you find it terrifying in a supernatural, ghostly way, or just absolutely too much, because there's too much of it, and, and how can you possibly break it? You might say something aloud, you might shout and scream, but when you stop, when you're in isolation, it's always there for you. And I think he really conveys this sense of here's silence waiting uh, in the penultimate line in its vast completeness and folding the sound of man. So it's this thing like a beast that, that, that waits to devour any kind of puny sound that yeah. people might make. I think he's, he's picking up there almost a, an echo of, of a number of epic poems that end in uh, a universal darkness buries all we hear at the end of the Dunciad. Mm. Uh, Milton gives us the overwhelming and folding scope of the uh, abyss and it's such a tiny poem and yet it has these little echoes of much larger works that think about a whole universe. Yes, it's almost as though the poem is like one of his little sounds with little wings, and it's very, very frail. That's in, lovely, yeah. Um, in, this, in this vast cosmos of silence, this, this poem is trying to get off the ground and fluttering its little wings. That vast completeness enfolding, it, it sounds so death-like. It sounds like being buried in silence, being enfolded in the earth. Although I think there's another version of the poem where he, he used the verb drowning, drowning the sound of men, and talked about the silence being ready to drink up Yes, I've got that here. The last, um, the last stanza in his his variation is, "I feel the silence waiting to sip them all up again in its last completeness, drinking down the noise of men." Mm. So the vast there is the last com completeness, and and there's this drinking down, which is kind of colloquial. You know, you drink down a pint of, mm. of beer, and so this personified silence ready to, mm, to drink it mm, down. Mm. A terrifying silence that can treat human sounds like so much meat and drink, I think. But there's also evidence in Lawrence's work, as he said earlier, that he found silence quite beautiful. And I know that some of his great scenes of sexual intimacy, I'm thinking of Lady Chatterley's Lover, take place in silence. Sometimes they're taking place outside and you might just hear rain pattering. But these are great moments of silence. And they're moments of extreme communion I suppose between people so there's that sense of a beautiful silence a beautiful intimate silence a, a physical and emotional silence that's two human bodies enfolded together and I think he also said had, Lawrence had this sense of almost searching for a silent inner core as well a silence deep within us I mean he was very aware of dark thonic elemental forces which he found in all kinds of things whether it was you know Aztec gods or or sex, you can also and find that lovers, within silence. His lovers quite often have an idea that they might be the last two people in in a clean world. It would just be them. And then even perhaps not them at all. There's a kind of death wish deep in all of his sexual scenes. Yeah. And I keep thinking of that moment in Women in Love, where one of the characters asks, asks a woman, don't you find it a beautiful, clean thought, a world empty of people? just uninterrupted grass and a hare sitting up. 
Mm. It's, the, it's that image of such utter simplicity, the grass and the hair sitting up, that stayed with me since I was an undergraduate and read that for the first time. And, you know, some of the, the motorways now are so quiet that you imagine time leaping forward and grass, a grass-grown world with just a, a rabbit hopping across it. Absolutely, um, yes. And I think of the end of that novel, I think of Gerald dying in the snow, which is a sort of visual representation, I suppose, of being enfolded in silence, that expanse, which is brilliant and white as opposed to dark, but nonetheless has this quality of being menacing, but also inviting in a way. So I think what you said about detecting this death wish in this poem, this this resistance and fear of resistance to and fear of silence but also a kind of welcoming it almost just letting yourself die down it's interesting that phrase die down into the silence it's like falling into snow yes yeah. and yet when it's enforced it's so difficult to understand silence as sublime in that way i mean lovers might might wish for it but for many people alone now indeed for the the clearly bereaved person in Lawrence's poem about silence if it's forced upon you very yeah. hard to see it as beautiful yeah absolutely there's I think a real sense of of menace and it might not be too fanciful to to compare it actually to the coronavirus which seems to be waiting as well I mean it is a silent killer and and has this quality of of being overwhelming which is rather a disturbing note to end on. But nonetheless, thank you very much for discussing this poem with me. Very, very interesting. Thank you, Keith.